0: Hello and welcome to another edition of my freelancing podcast. As always in this uh, podcast, I talk about some freelancing stories, some freelancing advice and a lot of time these two things overlap and so on. In this episode, I want to speak about long-term clients, which also means repeat orders. I look at my stats right now. I I log into my Upwork website. It tells me, uh, in fact, I'm doing that right now just to be honest about I'm doing so. I'm just logging in. I'm opening Firefox. I'm logging into my Upwork account. I'm going to my stats. There's a button called My Stats on Upwork. It says that uh, you know 80% of my clients are long term clients. It also tells me that 94% of my clients recommend me and I have the top rated badge, uh, which comes and goes. (laughs) Sometimes I lose it, like you know, like once in a while you'll get a very upset customer doesn't matter how hard you try. You know, they'll be upset with you. They'll give you an negative rating and you lose the top rated. But it comes back usually in a few weeks uh, because, you know, again, majority of my clients recommend me. So it comes back. So I have a 100% job success score mm-hmm. on my stats as well. And if I look at Fiverr, I'm going to Fiverr right now. And there's a button again, just like Upwork. They have stats. I go to, um, uh, you know, let me see. Uh, I think it's called analytics. Okay. So I'm going to analytics. And it tells me that, uh, you know, uh, 100% of my buyers are repeat buyers. So, that's what it says. So, so there you go. And, and also, as I'm recording this podcast, all my clients, you know, I have my order book. I, I have my diary here. I have my journal, online journal. I look at it. Every client I have right now is somebody who's been talking to me for at least uh, two to three months minimum and then you know with at least one customer who has been working on and off with me for almost I don't know five years or something so that's the range we are talking about i have another customer who knows me for three years another customer who knows me for three years another customer who knows me for two years so i do have this long-term relationship with the majority of my clients you now what does it mean why are long-term clients so important now the long-term clients are so important because those are the ones who give you repeat order you know uh, every management book every marketing book will tell you that the cost of getting a new customer is very high compared to you know retaining a customer and getting a repeat order you know like like for example about uh, a month ago, one of my uh, customers from a year ago uh, messaged me and he said that, you know, he always told me last year that, hey man, look, uh, right now I'm in a hurry. I mean, he said last year, he said, uh, I'm in a hurry. So I cannot uh, take additional classes with you right now. But, but once, uh, you know, the, the emergency period that he's going through is done with, he will return. A lot of customers say they will return. And, you know, some of them actually do. And this guy messaged me a month ago and he said, Hey, man, look, remember we discussed that. I'm going to take some extra classes with you. I think the time is now. Now is the time to go ahead and just do it. So now he's back in business. So another long-term customer coming back. And the good thing is we already have a pre-existing relationship. You know, that is the coolest thing about... You know, that is the coolest thing about a repeat customer. I'm also making some notes while I'm talking. So sometimes I'll slow down my recording when I'm making notes in my journal. Sometimes I'm making a podcast I got an idea for the next podcast. (laughs) So, so yeah, Uh, You know, so he's like, you know, there's already a pre-existing relationship. He knows me. Uh, We know each other. The trust is not an issue at all. Um, You know, we have stayed in touch many times. He has messaged me. I messaged him, you know, wishes for festivals and stuff like that. And that's good. So now we are back in place. We have started our sessions again. And I was able to inform him that, you know, since the year that has passed, uh, some costs have risen. Inflation has increased. He is aware of it, of course. And he was able to give me a revision on the price from the last time we worked together. And it's all good to go and another long-term client i i I met her in 2020 you know when when my when i was like nomading in hotel rooms um you know she just messaged me again this week and she says she wants to you know take another batch of uh, tutoring sessions with me so again another long-term customer Uh, last year in august another customer i was working with way back in 2017 gets in touch with me he says hey man look do you remember me i remember you uh, but, you know, I'm a freelancer. I speak with a lot of people. So, you know, I, 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 it's, it's, many times it's hard for me to remember people. And in general, I have a problem remembering things. You know, one of the things uh, I think my marriage failed is because I would I would forget our wedding anniversary and I would forget her birthday. and uh, And she would hold it against me, even though before the marriage, during the courting period, I did inform her in advance that... I'm not good at dates, so she cannot get angry if I forget her birthday or, you know, or, um, you know, anniversary or something like that. Uh, I, I, I told her very clearly before the marriage, but, you know, at that point she was agreeable. But after the marriage, of course, she still expected that I would remember uh, her birthday and anniversary and things like that. And the worst part is when I told her, you know, I will, I, will, I will add it to my online diary. So I'll set up an online reminder. She was not happy with that. She was like, why would you use an online reminder? You should remember it automatically and stuff like that. But anyway, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's neither here uh, nor there, but that was in 2020. So, you know, uh, my marriage has collapsed and I was nomading in hotel rooms and I met a client at that time and she's resuming the classes and so on and so forth. Yeah, uh, 2017, yeah, another guy, he, he's like, Hey man, do you remember me? Yeah. That's why I told that story. Yeah. So he was like, dude, I, I, I don't know, man. I'm sorry. I really am not good at names. And he's like, dude, I, I know, I remember talking to you. You did a few sessions for us. You did a few batches for us. And uh, you know, I saw your name online again on, on the, um, you know, job site. So what do you say? Let's come back. So the good thing is, again, he remembered me from 2017. It's almost like five years ago. And he was like, Hey dude, you know, we already know your style. We know you're good. Uh, we don't even need to do an evaluation or something. We are we are just ready to assign you work, and it started. It started in August, and now in April, I've done about four batches, four or six. You know, so many batches. They gave me too much too much work, really. So that's what I'm talking about. Long-term clients means it's easy for you to get back in the game with that client you know the trust is always there the communication is already there you know what you like about them you know what you don't like about them you know and 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 because time has passed most of them would expect that I would be asking for some kind of a rate revision and stuff like that so this is what I'm talking about you know long-term clients I need to drink some water So I definitely have a track record for maintaining, you know, a long-term relationship with all my clients. You know, I, I, I wish I could say only half my clients are long-term. Not true, not true at all. All of my clients are long-term. So I, I always think, you know, because I'm doing this podcast to guide junior freelancers, you know, I do tutoring. I meet a lot of young people. Uh, some of them are desperate for a job and I tell them and that's the whole point of this podcast you know so if you're a youngster listening to me I want you to learn from my stories so what is it that I do that makes these customers come back to me uh, I think one thing is I don't know if this makes sense you know but then, then again a lot of things you do in life don't make sense I mean that, I think that is why it's called life because life is not logical there's so many things going on which don't Fall in line with a math formula or something, so I think one of the reasons is I believe I have long term clients is because i 'm not greedy you know i i I 'm not greedy at all I mean even before the collapse of my marriage i mean sure, before the marriage was collapsing, I had a lot of expenses you know, I had ambition, I had a lot of uh, plan, life plans, like, you know, I'm going to do this for my wife, I'm going to do this for my children, I'm going to do this for my in-laws, I'm going to do this for my parents and stuff like that. But then after the whole marriage and family collapsed, I I become even less ambitious than I was before. Uh, But even back then, and even now going back to 2012, when I started freelancing, I was never greedy. I mean, I want people to pay for my efforts. You know, I'm pretty strict about that. Like if I work for one hour, I want payment for one hour, you know. I'm not gonna do free stuff no 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 i mean i consult i do discussions i do consultations for free half an hour one hour i don't mind Uh, if the person is interesting sure you know two hours of discussion i don't charge anything but after that i start charging so it's not like i'm doing things for free you know if a horse makes friends with the grass (laughs) what will the horse eat so a freelancer can't just become friendly with people he has to make sure he gets paid so there is always that i get paid for the hours i spend working but at the same time I am I wouldn't think I'm greedy I mean I'm a capitalist but I'm a capitalist within reason you know that's what I would like to say I'm not a banker I'm just a freelancer so for example let's say you know a client you know this I do this all the time any client really suppose I am um, it's a one hour session right one hour tutoring session so if the session is at um two thirty, right I'm usually online by 15 minutes early. I think I mentioned in a previous podcast, you know, whenever you have a client session, you should be at least 15 minutes early. That's, that's my policy. 15 minutes early is preferred, 10 minutes early is recommended. Anything after that, you're not a good freelancer. So I'm early by 15 minutes, you know, some clients, you know, they're like, they, they, they understand that I don't charge extra for that 15 minutes being early. So sometimes they will also start joining early and then because you know the session is scheduled for 2:30 so we are both early so we can chat we can talk you know small things small talk i i usually start by asking about the weather <laughs> and it's cliche but clichés are clichés for a reason they they are real clichés are real stereotypes are a real thing you know we don't have to get all offensive about it stereotypes clichés they are part of life right it, it, it you don't have to consider stereotypes and cliches as an insult so i'm like you know weather and stuff you know and if the customer is from let's say uk i i look at the bbc website read the news see what's going on in uk if the customer is from spain i check out the spanish website see what's going on in their country check out their wikipedia find some facts about spain in australia again i check out the news for australia see what's going on um, you know chatter in the australian nation So like this, you know, like this, you know, what I do is I always have something for small talk. You know, sometimes the customer may not be talkative, but I'm always talkative. I mean, I have four podcasts. Obviously, I love talking. Um, So I I start with some small talk. I drop in a one or two uh, dirty jokes. Uh, I mean, nothing offensive, but, you know, still a dirty joke, a, a sexual entendre, some double meaning joke, as they call it. PG-13, nothing too dirty, but, you know, dirty enough for the right person. I, I do that. Even if it's a male or female, I always squeeze in a, a sex joke or two. Uh, I don't do that with angsters, with of course. I do it with anybody who's 18 and above. Um, I mean, I, I also use a lot of sex jokes if the other person is also a guy. With women, I'm more careful. I still do... Um, you know dirty jokes if the client is female but you know i'm more conservative on that something more with the mix of romance and sex you know something i do to, you know, small talk helps so, you know get in the zone or something i i don't know if that is why i have long-term clients but small talk is good you know you're warming up right you know the client is like he gets to know you you get to start talking sometimes you know things you know, you're kind of bonding, I guess, right? You know, bonding is important. If you're going to be spending two hours, four hours, six hours every week with somebody, you know, you are actually spending more time with your client or with your freelancer more than you spend time with your family or something. (laughs) So it's good to have that bonding thing going on. Again, it works for me. I'm not saying it'll work for everybody. So small talk, small talk is very important. And then, you know, the session starts at 2.30, you know, don't forget, you know, small talk is still small talk. You don't want to make it big talk because then the client might become unhappy because, you know, once the time is 2.30, the billing is started. So, you don't want a small talk in the billing area. And then another thing I told you I'm not greedy is, you know, the session is one hour, right? So, 2.30 to 3.30, you know, that's the agreement, that's the contract. But I never really, I mean, I keep an eye on the clock, but I'm not like, you know, like a parking meter, you know, you have in America and other places, you have these parking meters. If you go one second above the time limit, you have to pay for the next hour. I don't do the parking hour thing. You know, I never do the parking hour thing. So if the session is 2.30 to 3.30 and we're in the middle of doing something, if it goes to 3.40 or 3.45, I I usually don't charge any extra money. You know, sometimes the clients will offer, hey man, look, we we went 15 minutes, you know, you went 20 minutes beyond the contracted hour. And I'm like, dude, it's okay, man. I don't care. It's fine. And you know, there is a problem though, you know, some clients might take advantage of that, you know, that extra 10 minutes, 15 minutes I give, but I don't care. I, don't, I really don't care. As I said, I'm not greedy. You know, if the client wants to misuse my kindness, it's okay. I mean, after all, they are my clients. You know, they, may, they might misuse my kindness one time, second time, but the third time, they will realize, you know, they, they shouldn't keep doing it, <laughs> they'll realize on their own, you don't have to point it out, okay, they'll realize and eventually, and a lot of times clients will be like, uh, and after two weeks or one month, they're like, hey man, you know what, every session you're giving like 15 minutes extra, so I want to just give you like a extra bonus amount, like a tip. And I tell them, you know, man, I can't ask for a tip. (laughs) That's why it's called a tip. But if you want to give it, I won't say no. You know, the client is like, okay, that's cool. You know, I think like we have taken extra two hours from you this week or this month. Two hours, we're going to add it as a tip. There. There you go. So that's another thing. You know, I never keep, I'm not, I don't do the parking mirror thing with the clock. You know, the client talks for another 10 minutes, for three minutes. I don't mind. And also, you know, just like the small talk. After the work is done, you know, the clients are usually relaxed because, you know, the work is done. It's like, you know, you're doing some work and then, you know, it's like I cook food, right? I, I live with myself. I, I live alone. So I cook food and when the food is done, everything is ready. I still have some time. I will just sit on my couch, you know, watch some office on the TV or, you know, some comedy show. Just let my mind relax because, you know, the cooking thing is a, a long process, especially dinners, which takes a long time. I want to relax for a few minutes. I'm in a relaxed mood because the dinner thing is done. Now I can eat whenever I want. So I'm all set. I have some time. I can relax. So same way, after a client session is done, the client is relaxing. You are relaxed. Now you can do some small talk if you want. You know, if the client has time. I always ask the client. I always tell them like, hey, man, you know what? If you have another work or some other work, please carry on. But if you want to talk, I invite them. I encourage them to talk. I tell them. I tell them, look, you know, I only charge for work-related discussions. You know, this is casual time. You know, if there's something you want to talk, you can, we can talk. And, you know, some clients like that. You know, it works with both men and women. You know, I mean, I'm a male freelancer. So, you know, a female client might confuse that with a invitation for something else. It's Okay. It's okay, you know. It's okay, you know. I do that with all clients. You know, if a female client feels that way, they will tell you, "Hey, you know what? We just work things. You know, we don't want to talk. We don't have to do small talk. We don't have to do any talk at all." And I'm like, okay, no problem. If that happens, they will tell you, you know. But a lot of times, people. I least my clients. They they. I I guess they know that I like to talk. I, I guess even the female clients they know that I don't mean any kind of, um, you know. A sexual tension between us—it's just casual talk. I like to talk. So even if female clients, they talk. They tell about what happened in their office. They tell about what happened in their life, what's going on. You know, what are they worried about? Uh, sometimes they, they may be going through some emotional stuff. And, you know, I'm some guy sitting in Asia. So sometimes there is an implied privacy. So they talk. You listen. It helps. I'm not saying you have to do it, you know, some clients, they they may not be in the mood to talk, but a lot of clients are in the mood to talk, as long as you communicate that, you know, just casual chit chat, and they can end whenever you want, so you let them have that choice, that they can walk away without hurting your feelings, you know, if a client says, Jay, you know what, our work is done, I want to go, I want to talk with you, it doesn't hurt my feelings, I tell them, I tell them, guys, no, no, cool, please carry on, after all, this is a business relationship, Small talk is optional. It really is optional. It's not like if they don't speak with me, I'll take offense. So small talk really works for me. Small talk really works for me. It helps me uh, bond with my client. And as I mentioned, I'm not greedy. I don't charge for talking. Okay, you know, if a client, sometimes, you know, we talk for half an hour. Some, some clients have spoken to them for one hour, sometimes more than one hour after the work is done. We're just talking, man. We're just people. You know, we are just people. And and thanks to the implied privacy in a client-freelancer relationship, you know, a lot of talking happens, a lot of stuff happens. So for me, I think this not being greedy combined with my tendency to, you know, do some research about their country, about their culture, always being open to some small talk and things like that, it kind of helps you with the bonding. So what happens is after the initial weeks, uh, many times, you know, clients they, they become more comfortable, they, they, they engage with you. And, and in, a, in, a, in a nice way, because I work as a coding tutor, the more I learn about them, the more I seem to be able to give them relevant examples. So when I'm tutoring, I use a lot of examples and I never plan the examples of my class. I mean, I plan the content obviously, but I don't plan the examples. So when I'm teaching, I use a lot of examples, metaphors and stuff like that. And I try to draw examples from their culture, their country, their speakings. And, and the more I talk with them, the small talk, the big talk, the casual talks, I learn more about them. And I, what I do is with every session, with every week that goes, I try to uh, you know, combine my examples to suit their lifestyle. I do that a lot. And of course, I draw from my own experience. I, I make a lot of jokes about my failed marriage. <laughs> Even in this podcast, in all of my podcasts, I frequently mention my failed marriage, you know you know there's a, there are a lot of jokes about marriage, and many people are in failed marriages. So, and you know, marriage is one of those things which you can talk about without offending anybody, because it, it works with you know, male-female marriages, it works with male-male marriages, it works with female-female marriages, it works with, you know, marriages of any gender, relationships of any gender, relationship you can joke about it. You know, usually it's not offensive, so you can't go wrong with you know, jokes about how 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 I failed at my marriage. <laughs> Everybody gets a chuckle out of it and a lot of times, you know, they will have, you know, every person has at least one failed relationship, every person has at least two failed relationships so you find some common ground there it doesn't matter which country you're from everybody who's old enough has had at least one failed relationship so you know you talk about it you you bond on it yeah it works for me I, i'm not saying it works for everybody so again talking building the relationship and stuff like that now of course let's not forget in all this the key component is ultimately you should deliver the work that you promised to deliver. Now, let's not forget that in all this discussion about small talk and big talk, we should not be under the assumption that just by talking, you can just fool your client into liking you and only money make money from that. No, that's... Not only is that wrong, it's also unethical and maybe even be illegal. So, please understand that the small talk, the building of bonds relationship is on top of excellent Delivery of whatever they are paying for so this is very important of course. So so what another thing I do is I always make sure That I prepare for whatever I'm supposed to deliver in advance So if I'm gonna take a session with a client I get all the notes ready. I get all the stuff ready at least a week before So that is always there. And on top of that, between sessions, I make sure I'm connected with my clients. I make sure my clients are connected. I tell them, get connected to me on Skype. Skype is my best friend. I know many people don't know Skype or even use Skype these days. But I use Skype all the time. I tell my clients, you know, because of me, all my clients are on Skype. I tell them, you know, Skype is the best way. Please install it. I teach them how to use Skype. I make them install Skype. I make them install it on their mobile phone. You know, for younger students, you know, I tell them, Discord. I tell them use Discord, use Discord. I make them follow me on my GitHub. I tell them to follow me on my LinkedIn, Twitter, or social media. Stay in touch. You know, stay in touch. If they want to, you know, some point in the future they might think of me and I think that's that's very important. See, a lot of times what happens is people will remember you but they don't know how to get in touch with you. So I make sure that every time I meet a new client, I make sure they are connected to me on Skype. I make sure they are connected to me on my GitHub account. I make sure they are connected to me on Discord. I make sure they are following me on LinkedIn or Instagram or YouTube channel. So that, you know, they must use at least one of these online things. So what happens is, you know, every month, once in a month, once in a two months or something, whenever they go online on LinkedIn or YouTube or Insta or Discord or Skype, yeah, they see my face somewhere <laughs> and they're like, Oh, this guy Jay yeah I work with him six months ago I worked with him a year ago so you know you always give them these virtual reminders uh, lately I've even started telling them you know I have a podcast I, I start telling them I write short stories I start telling them I am on twitch so whatever I do I tell them I tell them hey, you know what hey man you know just follow me just stay in touch so so it helps so it's your responsibility when you have a good client you have to put these systems in place So that they are reminded of you in some way, but not in a very obsessive way. Yeah, that's not cool. So you got to balance it out. Right? For example, I tell them to follow me on LinkedIn, but I don't remind them about it every day. If they don't follow, it's okay. Again, the same thing with the podcast, you know, my blog or Insta. I invite them, but then I stop at that. No, I can't force them to do it. So, there's another thing you want to do. You want to make sure that they are connected to you digitally. And of course, you have to make sure these digital channels are regularly updated. You know, my podcast, I update as often as I can. My LinkedIn is constantly updated. My Twitter is constantly updated. My Discord is constantly updated. My GitHub is constantly updated. So, I make these updates part of my lifestyle. Now, you may be thinking though, my blog, for example, again, constantly updated. Now, the thing is, of course, you might be thinking, okay, that is a lot of effort just to get one or two clients to remember you because, I mean, I don't have more than three or four clients at any given point of time. I need to drink some water. It's true. You might be thinking, like, I have my blog. I blog, like, five blogs every month, sometimes 20, 20 blogs, 30 blogs a month. I don't even have like 5,000 views, (laughs) not even 5,000 views. Sometimes it's like 4,000 views per month or 3,000 views per month. But it doesn't matter to me because these clients, like right now I have four clients and that's it. That's my limit. I mean, I only work for 10 hours per week. I can't work more than that for any number of reasons. I mentioned that in my other podcast that I only work for 10 hours per week. So I can barely handle the, the four clients that I have right now. And these are clients who keep coming back, making my life easy, giving me a lot of money, helping me have a good life. So, yeah, for me, it's totally worth it to do all the blogging, the YouTubing, the Instagramming, the Twitching, the Twitter the tweeting the linkedin updates the github updates it's totally worth it because these are the guys who are responsible for you know whatever this god's blessing good life i have so it is worth doing all this just to let them know that i am still alive and sometimes they will see something i did which is funny and then they send a message like jay that was a funny update you know hey jay oh i heard some a sad update on your blog, man, I'm sorry about it. If you want to talk to me, let me know. So that happens. So long-term relationships, you know, when you meet a client, if you feel like there's a good relationship, go ahead, make them follow you on your social media, make them follow you on your technology communication things. So that next time when they need you, I mean, trust me, you know, whatever type of freelancer you are, people will always need somebody to work. And, And I'm telling you something, you know, you always want familiarity, especially as you grow older. See when you're younger, you're always trying to try new things. but when you grow older, you take comfort in uncertainty. In you know you don't have the mental strength to try new things. I mean, why do you think there are so many sequels why do why do people keep watching Star Wars movies uh even if they're even if they're so terrible because as you grow older, you know, you want to go back to that comfort zone. I mean, it's like, you know, if another Star Wars movie comes, you're like, ah, it won't be that good. But you want to go back to that world again because you already experienced it. So you know what to expect. So you know, it might be bad, but it is still Star Wars. You, you feel comfortable. It's like a warm blanket. Same thing operates with clients. You know, They want to work with somebody they already know. There is less uncertainty. They are more comfortable. And they're, you know, your clients, just like you, your clients are growing older. So as they grow older, they want to go back to what worked for them in the past. I mean, they will try new things, of course. But they may also be looking to just get back in the business with someone who already worked, someone they already know. So there you go. Make sure the communication is set up when you meet them. So if they want to get in touch with you, make it easy for them to get in touch with you. Let them know that you're still alive. That's very important. <laughs> it's a big world. It's a big world. My clients, all of them are like 3,000 kilometers away. So it's a big world, but it's not. It is a small world as well. It's not that hard these days to inform your clients indirectly that you're still alive and doing things. Right? So there you go. That's, yeah. So, so in a summary, I, I want to summarize. Make sure your work is top quality. Ultimately, it all boils down to that. Make sure that your work is top quality. And of course, small talk, big talk. Don't be greedy. Don't be a, you know, don't, don't be a, uh, like that parking meter. You know, if the session goes another 10, 15 minutes, it's okay. Don't start billing your clients for 5 minutes, 10 minutes. It's really not worth it. And it makes you come across as a very greedy guy. Don't do that. And then, like I said, communication, talk. Don't forget your clients or people too. You have stories, they have stories, man. You're happy, they're happy. You're sad, they're sad. Nothing wrong in trying to talk these things. You're people, man. Ultimately, we are all people. You know, work, money, business, commerce. These things will always be there. But ultimately, the only permanent thing are emotions. We are all humans. Okay. And, and then, you know, last thing is, you know, make sure you are connected in some way. Make sure you are connected so your clients always know what you're up to these days. And that way you are reminding them that you are still around. You give them an option to interact with you, you know, when you do some, you know, when I read a story sometimes, you know, some, you know, client from years ago will message like, hey, man, Jay, I, I read your new story on LinkedIn. I, I liked it. I didn't know you wrote short stories. Or they're like, hey, man, Jay, I remember, you know, when we were working together you tell me that you write short stories and I read your short story. I like it. I like it very much. Uh, let me know when you write another short story or the podcast. You know, they they might follow. And then suddenly, you know, on a, on a lazy afternoon, they listen to my podcast and suddenly they'll message me or email me. They're like, Jay, I heard about your podcast, man. I, I heard that, you know, you haven't seen your kids in two years. I'm sorry about that. Uh, if you want to talk to me, let me know. You know, stuff like that. Things, you know, stay in touch, communication, right? And you know, hopefully that is that that helps. I mean, these these are things I do, and you know, I have a lot of God's blessings. I have a lot of um, uh, long-term clients and returning uh, orders. So there you go. That's where I'm going to end this podcast.